When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. upon a time and welcome to the story story podcast i'm your host isabel hauser and i have some stories for you this is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world it will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely A little while ago, I got to tell stories for an entire day to all the children of a small school tucked away in a valley in the Swiss mountains. Now, the way I ended up in that school's gym, between a vaulting box, a chair and five rows of yoga mats, is another story I might share another time. But for that special day, I had a whole program planned out for the children. Three sets of tales of kings and heroines, fools and wise women. You know, the whole colorful bouquet the world of story has to offer. To help me remember all the stories, I gathered all sorts of tiny objects in my apartment. A mermaid's tear, a shimmering seashell, a piece of fool's gold, a piece of amber, a golden ring, and others, and put them in a small burlap pouch with glittering golden stars. I matched each object with a story, and my idea was to let my audience choose the stories I would tell. A child would draw an object from the pouch, and I would then share the corresponding story. And so I started the session. The first child drew a tear-shaped crystal from an old chandelier from the pouch. I closed my fingers around the cool glass, brought my hand up to my heart, and what came out of my mouth were not at all the words of the story I had planned to tell. In this episode, we are going to listen to one wonderful story divided into two parts. The teller is Barbara Schutzgruber, an award-winning storyteller and weaver. She weaves wool into colorful jackets and words into spells to transport her audience into another world with her stories. This is her telling the first part of the tale, The Three Coins. There once was a woman who was young and beautiful. She lived with her husband and infant child. One day, when her husband was in the field, the woman saw riders coming down the road. As the riders approached, she saw by their dress that they were not men from her land. As they drew nearer, she saw that they were ill-kempt, and their rough manner frightened her, and quickly she hid the child away, praying that her husband would know where to look. The men stopped and entered the house, and when they saw the beautiful young woman, they took her. They took her far from her land and her family. They took her far from all that she loved. The men were cruel and the journey grueling. But through it all, 
one thought kept the woman alive. One thought gave her the strength each day to go on. One day, I will go home. I will see those I love once again. The men took her to a distant land where everyone dressed in a curious manner and spoke in a tongue she could not understand. The food smelled strange and tasted odd. And it was there, in the marketplace, they placed her on a block. And it was there men examined her like they would the cattle. And it was there they sold her into slavery. For the next twenty years, only one thought gave meaning to her existence. One thought gave her the will to survive each day. It was the first thought each morning and the last thought each night. One day, I will go home. I will see those I love once again. At last there came a time when the master of the house realized that his time on this earth was drawing to an end, and he decided to make his peace with God. He announced that at his death all his slaves would be given their freedom and fair compensation for their years of service. Finally, the slave owner died. The household was assembled, and they all waited. Each was granted freedom, and then handed three copper coins, fair compensation. The woman looked at the coins in her hand, three coins for twenty years lost, gone forever, never to be seen again, copper coins, not even silver or gold, but three copper coins for twenty years of her life gone. But she was free, and she was going home. As the woman walked through the gate, something clutched at her arm. A blue-veined hand, gnarled and misshapen, held her fast with a grip like iron. She turned to see the old woman, who for years had been the cook. Give me one of your coins, and I will give you a piece of advice. The younger woman looked at the old one. She was blind now. She had been able to continue working, keeping her place, because she knew every inch and crevice of that kitchen. But where would she go now? Who would hire the likes of her? The younger woman looked at the coins. How far would three copper coins get her in her journey home? And she handed one of the coins to the old woman. <sighs> Take everything with a grain of salt. Good cooking advice, the younger woman supposed. A saying she'd heard many times as a girl from her own mother. And that woman turned to leave. But the gnarled claw continued to grip tightly. Give me another coin, and I will give you another piece of advice. The younger woman was confident that she would find work. She was healthy and strong, but the old one, what would she do?
How would she survive? And so she handed over another coin. Bigger is not always better. Another saying the younger woman had heard often as a girl, and she turned to leave when the taloned fingers tightened their grip, digging into her arm, pulling her closer to the lined face, the clouded eyes that saw nothing yet had an eerie glow about them. Give me your last coin, and I will give you one final piece of advice. The younger woman looked at the solitary coin in her hand. <laughs> what good was one copper coin? The older woman needed it more, and so she handed over her last coin. Clutching the coins, the old woman pulled her closer. Whenever your emotions are the strongest, whether they be love, whether they be hate, whether they be joy, whether they be sorrow, do not act on them right away. Sleep on it, and in the morning, if they are still strong, then and only then, decide what to do and act. And with that, the old woman released her grip, and the younger woman turned and walked away from that place. At long last, she was free, and she was going home. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Geppetto's Wonderful Woodwork. Whatever can be made from wood to bring charm and magic into your cozy abode, Geppetto has it. His tables, beds and chairs will catch every eye and comfort every body in your home. His chests, dressers, cabinets and other pieces for storage are not only perfectly spacious, but also a stylish upgrade for every space they inhabit. From smooth polish to a gleam, to intricate ornamentation with carvings and gemstone inlays, Geppetto has the perfect creation for every taste. His signature wardrobes, carved from entire trees, are a sight to behold and a treasure to have. Whoever already owns one will testify that they cannot imagine their home without it. For a limited time only, he offers exclusive wardrobes made from trees from the enchanted forest. Whatever you put into those wardrobes might vanish, but you never know what you might get in return. For his playful customers, Geppetto crafts delightful puppets and figurines, from princesses to kings and warriors, up to dragons and villains. All creations are delicately carved with touching attention to detail and hand-painted by Geppetto himself. When you are not looking, they might just move about on their own. Playtime doesn't get more magical than that. Come and visit his shop to experience the enchantment. Geppetto's wonderful woodwork. Bring magic embodied into your home. Five stars on Apple Podcasts from Hedgehoggy. I heart you. I definitely give you five stars. I heart this podcast. When I saw it, I thought that I would like it, so I tried it. By now, I've listened to a lot of your episodes, and I love most of them. Most mornings, I wake up wanting to just live and be in the morning to get more rest. 
I listen to either my favorite music or a podcast, and when it happens to be a podcast, it's usually the Story Story podcast or Greek mythology podcasts. Thank you. I think that you should make a good mix of scary episodes and not scary episodes, because yeah, some episodes are too scary, but still do some scary ones. Still, you have an amazing with a capital A, amazing. So, five stars. P.S. I'm thinking about becoming a patron. Thank you, Hedgehoggy, for this lovely review, and I hope you continue to enjoy more and more of our episodes. We will continue to strive towards the perfect balance of scary and not scary stories. And if there is a particular story that you'd like to hear on here, do let us know. To all our listeners, writing a review on Apple Podcasts is a wonderful way of showing your support for the podcast. Another way is indeed by becoming a patron. So Hedgehoggy, we would love if you turned your PS thought into reality. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee per month, you can help us continue to share the magic of storytelling with the world. If you sign up now, you'll get a postcard featuring one of the delightful fairy tale sponsor images and a lovely message from Rachel Ann before Christmas. Become a member of the patron team by going to patreon.com forward slash story story podcast or story story podcast.com. A golden thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. You are the brightest leaves on our favorite autumn trees. The words that came out of my mouth formed a different story altogether. The comical story of a nobleman's daughter who was a lady of society by day, attending tea parties in frilly dresses, and then by night turned into a Robin Hood and distributed the riches of her suitors among the poor. I had never heard this story before, let alone told it. The next child picked the mermaid's tear, and the story that came to me was the tragic tale of a mermaid who now spends centuries sitting on a rock, gazing out into the sea, grieving the loss of her love. And so it went on. It was as if the objects wanted to tell a story of their own, a trickster tale about a gnome in the mountains for the sparkling piece of fool's gold, a story of enchantment for the miniature candle. The stories flowed and flowed and time just flew by. Before I knew it, and before I got through all of the objects, The day was over, and I traveled from the mountain valley back to my apartment by the lake. Tired but full of wonder, I put the objects from the burlap pouch back to their usual spot. Before I placed the last one where it belonged, I thought, let's try it one last time. The last object in the pouch was a pale rose pebble I once found in the Austrian Alps. I closed my fingers around it, brought the hand up to my heart, But nothing happened. If there had been crickets around, I would have heard them chirp. No new story came to my mouth. No words flew from my lips. I picked up a chestnut, the object that had made me tell the hilarious story of a curious squirrel just hours before, but nothing. All of the enchanted objects remained silent, and it did make me wonder if part of the magic of storytelling is that the stories only come to life if there is someone around to hear them.
And now, on to the second part of the three coins. The journey home would not be an easy one. The woman knew that it was not wise to travel the roads alone, so she made inquiry at the marketplace as to who might be heading in the same direction. And there in the marketplace, she met a family of wanderers, travelers who went from town to town selling odd goods and making repairs. The group was headed by an older couple. There were several sons, their wives and children. And on hearing her story, the couple insisted, Oh, 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 no, you cannot travel alone. The roads are not safe, especially for a handsome woman like yourself. They praised her skill at the wheel. They watched with keen interest as she repaired and dressed a loom. They smiled as the shuttle flew in her hands. Yes, this woman had skill. And they offered to take her under their wing. She need not worry that she had no money. She would be able to earn her way with her spinning and in the towns, oh, skilled weavers could easily find piecework. The woman could not believe her good fortune to have met this couple so kind, so understanding, so concerned with her safety, and so she agreed. On that first day of travel, the couple kept close watch over her, always doting, and that night, as the woman lay down to sleep, something tugged at the back of her mind. The words of the old cook haunted her. Take everything with a grain of salt. The woman lay quiet, listening, as the couple talked to their sons. When we get to the next town, we'll sell her. She's a handsome woman yet, and with her skill, oh, she will fetch a fine price. The woman lay there in shocked disbelief. They were going to sell her. The very thought of being sold back into slavery brought terror. She would not be sent back into that life again. And in the darkness of the night, the woman quietly slipped away. She knew she could not travel as a woman alone, so she covered her hair and disguised herself as a man. She traveled the roads by day, keeping to herself, and at night she foraged for food and huddled in whatever shelter she could find. She was going home. After several days, she met a caravan loaded with silks and spices headed in the same direction and she traveled with them, silent, keeping to herself. And at night, she slept among the tethered animals, calming them whenever strange night sounds made them uneasy, and the drivers left her to herself. One evening, they made camp at the base of a huge tree. The air was heavy and still, the sky an eerie yellow-green. The woman was invited to join the men in the cool shade of the outstretched arms of the great tree, but the words of the old cook tugged on the back of her mind, bigger is not always better. And the woman declined. She made a place for herself on the shady side of a nearby gully. 
and the men sat under the leafy canopy, drinking, singing, laughing long into the night. In the middle of the night, the air changed. The animals began to shift and move about, tentative, uneasy, but the men slept on. Suddenly, a wind came out of nowhere. The skies opened up. A deluge was upon them. Lightning flashed all around. Thunder exploded overhead, shaking the very earth. The woman huddled in the gully as the massive tree exploded in a blinding flash of light. The crack of thunder was deafening. The ground trembled beneath her. She looked up to see the great tree split in half and all who slept beneath lay dead. After the storm passed, the woman collected as many of the animals as she could find. She buried the dead, and since there was no one to lay claim to the goods now, she loaded the silks and spices and continued making her way home. She had her freedom, and now she had wealth. Weeks passed, and then, at long last, the land began to look familiar. The trees were taller, there were new farms and homes, but the woman knew this country. This was her homeland. And then she saw the house and the barn. Additions had been made to the house. There were new outbuildings. The garden was larger, and there were new fields cleared. At long last, she was home. As she drew nearer, she saw a man returning from the fields. Her heart raced. She knew him immediately. He was older, grayer. It had been twenty years since she had seen him last, but she knew him. When she entered the yard, her husband turned and said, "'May I help you, sir?' The woman stopped and stared, speechless, and then realized <laughs> she was still dressed as a man. She opened her mouth to say who she was, but dropped her eyes. No, after twenty years, he would not see her like this, ragged, filthy from the journey. She must wash first, change her clothing. Um, I have uh, traveled a long way. May I rest my animals here tonight? Yes, of course. As she moved her animals toward the pasture, a woman's voice cried out. The woman turned to see a beautiful young woman run from the house. A smile flashed across her husband's face, and his eyes lit up. He swept that young woman up into his arms and spun her around. Laughter echoed in the yard, and the woman stood frozen. He didn't wait for her. For the past twenty years, one thought and one thought alone had given her the will to survive. One day I will go home. I will be with those I love again. But he had gone on with his life. He didn't wait for her. The lead animal tugged at the line, and the woman turned her back on the scene. 
tears welling in her eyes, her hands shaking. She led the animals past the barn and began to bed them down in the pasture. That night, the woman stood in the shadow of the barn, looking at the house. In the darkness, she moved toward that house and looked through the window. There, she saw that beautiful young woman move about the kitchen, just as she had done twenty years before. A small child played on the floor. Her husband entered the room and picked up the child, swinging it into the air, and she watched as he played with that child, just as he had done with their child. She watched as he cradled this child in his arms, and he began to sing. She had forgotten how lovely his voice was. And the woman stood in the darkness, watching the scene within, yet at the same moment seeing her own reflection looking back in the glass. And she saw that she was no longer beautiful. And she saw that she was no longer young. And he didn't wait for her. He had gone on and made a new life. And she knew she could not stay there. He would never know that she was alive. And she turned her back on the scene and walked to the barn. As she prepared to leave, tears running down her cheeks, her heart aching with emptiness, she heard the voice of the old cook. Whenever your emotions are the strongest, whether they be love, whether they be hate, whether they be joy, whether they be sorrow, do not act on them right away. Sleep on it. And in the morning, if they are still strong, then, and only then, Decide what to do and act. And the woman decided to wait until morning. She spent a sleepless night, and at the sunrise, she loaded her animals and prepared to leave. Her husband stood at the well. She crossed the yard to thank him. When the beautiful young woman came out of the house with the child on her hip and said, Papa, I am so glad we were able to come and visit for a few days. And the woman stared in astonishment. This beautiful young woman was her daughter, and the child on her hip was her granddaughter. The woman spoke her husband's name, and she uncovered her hair. And when he saw her for who she truly was, tears of joy flowed down his cheek, and they embraced. She showed them the silks and the spices. She told them all that had happened to her. And there are some who say that from that day onward, the woman kept a beautifully carved box on the mantelpiece, and in it she kept three copper coins. For she had her freedom, and she had wealth 
but most importantly, she was surrounded by those she loved. Thank you for listening to the Story Story podcast. Show the love. Find Barbara Schutzgruber at weavestory.blog. Tell her you heard her on the podcast and now want to hear her tell more stories. We are still in strange times for performing artists, but the opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling are abundant. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know you can connect with the podcast and see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? You can also connect with me at isabelhauser.com. While you are there, let us know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was indeed my gig at a school hidden away in a mountain valley a few days ago and the objects in my small burlap bag with the glittering gold stars. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal.